Hello and welcome to Wolfie's Talks. Direct from the Middle East, bringing you unique insight from the Pro Peloton and the best cycling brands around the world. Behind the scenes, personal stories, tips and inspiration. These interviews with the stars will take you from the tracks to the mountains and leave you dreaming about riding even more. Tune in to Wolfie's Talks, keeping up with the pros. Hello everyone, welcome to Wolfie's Talks and thanks to Patrick for joining us all the way from Santa Fe. Um, Hello everybody. Thank you so much. It's early morning in Santa Fe. I checked just been now, it's nine o'clock. It's nine o'clock. Yes. I thought it's maybe a, a very unholy time in Santa Fe, but I checked and, and you look fresh uh, already on the bike oh. this morning. No, I'll head out in, well, as soon as we're done here, um, I'll go out for a ride. Yeah. Very around good. 11, I don't know yet. Very good. Thank you so much for taking the time. I prepared a few facts and I have to say, it's always very interesting for me to do some research for our guests and, and to kind of listen to podcasts, look at these amazing videos you have on Vimeo, on YouTube, and, and kind of Thank try you. to understand a little bit the motivation about people. And I found some, some I thought some really interesting facts about you. Obviously, you're riding a bike without freewheel and without brakes. So the bike is constantly, yeah. constantly turning. Um, and you're not only riding on the flat or in the velodrome, like most people would do when they ride a bike like this, you're riding up and down mountains all over the world and and you document this in in yeah in amazing fashion um and it looks really I, some of these uh, pictures and videos are just stunning um Thanks. you have a very good cameraman from switzerland you follow a swiss friend fabian kanchelaura and he's acting sometimes as a cameraman i saw exactly um, <laughs> you grew up your father was listening to heavy metal and grunge so you grew up uh, listening to uh, some cool bands uh, in, in of that era which i really appreciate so i think we have something in common Perfect. Um, you're like supported it. by red bull uh, and as well by our swiss friends dt swiss asos and many other companies you attempt or you did cycle uh, a stage of the 1910 tour de france of 312 kilometers 6000 meters altitude with a bike with only one gear and no brakes and no freewheel you like fasting and you follow a plant-based diet in many years. You like completing, not competing. Um, and something very nice as well, you like to eat dark chocolate every day. Well, I try to minimize it because here in Santa Fe, I couldn't find, well, there's one place that has good chocolate, but it's, I always forget about it. So I don't actually buy it because it's, it's too much of a hassle, but in Switzerland, yes, I eat almost, let's say, sometimes three times a day. That makes it daily, yeah, everyday average, yeah, at Very least. And then Chris Cornell, both rest in peace, right? Yes. Especially, uh, it was good to hear Soundgarden. So it's probably, I don't know if it's my, yeah, it's probably my favorite band. Alice and James and Soundgarden from the more accessible, um let's say rock grunge metal musicians bands yeah those are the two for sure i have a very cool fact of lemmy and i don't know if you know that that when he passed away that uh, there was a year where they found four heavy metals and uh, new metals for the uh, uh what you say it's called the um yeah where you let me see i have it the heavy metal elements naming yeah and there was a, um, a petition and they said they wanted to call it Lemium, yeah, one of the heavy metals. And unfortunately, it didn't work. And I thought it was such a cool idea to have mm -hmm. such a rock icon and, and there would be a heavy metal in that um, list of metals. Yeah. And, and that would have been just Lemium. Lemium, they would have called it. Yeah. And I, I mean, he was as hard as Lemium can be, right? Yes. yes. It is the periodic table of elements. I wrote it down because I couldn't remember it the first time. And I was such a cool idea. If this would have happened, I thought that would have been amazing. Yeah, that would um, have been great. Yeah, I'm a big fan of <clears throat> of Lemmy in terms of yeah how he, yeah his whole career, <clears throat> his personality. Yeah, great guy. He was. When I, when I did some research, I came across actually the video on YouTube where it's about his funeral, mm -hmm. um, and it's actually quite a if you in, into his music and yeah, Dave Grohl was actually yes, I think he had a, um, a nice speech yeah 
Yeah, I watched it. I watched it. Very cool. Yeah. So tell us a bit, a bit more about your growing up with your father. And, and I know, I think he took you out for some for a Sunday morning run every Sunday. And yeah. you need to go with him and just to get some discipline. And you were trying to beat him. So tell us a bit more how this is all started. Well, he, he always wanted me to become like a, I guess, a perfect machine of a human machine in the sense of academically and physically. Yes. So, yeah, I had to learn languages, <clears throat> several, like at least English, French, and evolve in German, you know, the actual proper German, not the Swiss German, which is my foundation, my linguistic foundation. And also sports-wise, he always thought you have to get out. If you want to climb, go climbing. I'll give you all the tools, all the settings you need to actually do whatever you would like to do, and I'll support you. But he always saw or know or still knows that discipline is sort of the key that enables you to have a routine and progress. Without discipline and routine, there's no functioning progress it's more of a you know consistency is sort of the key and he taught me that at a very very early age i had to go run with him even no matter if i was willing or not so he basically became my willpower and um i didn't like it always especially the pull-ups on a wooden bar after the run And yeah, so I learned a lot of discipline. And even if I had a bad day, I uh, pushed through. That changed a little bit, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not into that, oh, let's suffer, um, blood, sweat, and tears, and all of that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm out of that. And I, I never really liked it, to be honest. I believe, I believe more in, a, in flow, you know, like a duck. Mm -hmm. A duck on the lake, he's having a high cadence below the surface and up there he's just looking calm. I believe in smoothness, fluidity, basically move like water almost. And discipline is, is still there. You need discipline in every aspect of life. So my dad taught me that, but I don't believe in that blood, sweat and tears and oh, you always have to work super hard and get up at four o'clock to be a real human. I don't believe in all that. I mean, it's good for some people, but I, you know, I'm the best when I'm relaxed. Okay, now that's true. Prevailed, you, know? you get a lot of strengths when you just relax and do what you, what you enjoy. Yeah, when you have less, you know, I've always believed hard work and blood, sweat, sweat and tears is stress. It's, it, it raises your cortisol, Uh, heart rate and it, it's 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 sort of a a dictatorship you put on yourself like a, something i don't want to I, be, i believe in smoothness and therefore perfect execution because it's more natural and less synthetic pressure you apply under yourself because you have to you think it's it, it's hard but I, I still believe discipline is the foundation and the consistency. You have to do it all over again. And if you don't feel like it, you don't have to do it. There's always exceptions. And I, sometimes it's not good to push through because you can, you know, make way too many steps back. But you have to push yourself and use discipline in order to go out for the ride. So is there something you've just created a habit in you? You just go out and ride. Well, I think it's... <laughs> You need to have discipline and push yourself. For instance, I'm the strongest if I say, oh, let's go out and see. Mm -hmm. if, if I plan it too much, I lose interest in a way because then I already apply rules to my right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What if I feel great and I want to do a one-hour one Clyde at, I don't know, 360 watts? After four hours, I can do that. Who, my mind will tell me yes or no, or my physical abilities. But I think it, it's you can decide when you really get to know yourself, and you know, or get to know yourself better. But 
um, when I was 20 or 16 or even 25 or maybe even 30, which has been eight years ago when I was 30, I knew less, obviously. I still don't know a lot, but I know more. And I know better what I cannot tolerate and I know what works better. So I, I have my tricks, obviously. Not every day is the ideal day. You're gonna have bad days. You're gonna have days where you feel like you don't feel the chain or you wake up with a, you know, bad day feeling ahead or a great, it, 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 that's just nature, right? And you have to deal with it, right? What's the trick you have in the sleeve when, when you don't feel well? How did you get yourself up and going or you just see how, how the day goes? Well, I have the luxury to sort of plan my own day. Mm -hmm. I, that was always my goal, subconsciously probably working towards that goal to be able to work to plan your own day. That's one of the biggest luxuries. So let's say it's, I don't know, let's six o'clock in the morning and I told myself the night, the day before, oh, I want to get up early and do something specific. And then I don't feel it like it. Then it's going to be eight. Mm -hmm. And I won't be mad at myself. You know, I think it's like being uh, being mad at yourself is not always the key. And then, you know, you just see if you feel like doing it. Of course, you have responsibilities, but it's if it's something independent, you don't need anybody. If it's not related to anybody, then you can do that. If you have a meeting, you obviously need to attend it because you said you will. And I think that's important to stick to what you plan, if you can. If always, if you can endure it, endure it, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't have to, and it doesn't change a thing, why? If you don't feel like it, so there's always exceptions, and I think the world needs more individualism and not generalize everything. Because by now we know we're all very different, and everybody wants to be happy. Right. <laughs> Is this how it started with the, you started with BMX and then obviously riding a, a fixie bike. How did you discover the bike and the, this special kind of bike for yourself? Well, Wolf, it started more, uh, I started riding bikes at a very early stage. I've been riding probably when I was three, four years old. Yeah. As far as I can remember. And then in, um, I'm born in 83, I think in, 90 i got my first kona mountain bike mm -hmm. i think it, that was without the front suspension yet i think in 92 i got this the second or maybe even a year later which i had to go and work for at the bike shop and i'm the worst mechanic believe me but i you know after many hours of work weekly a year later i found myself sitting on a on a, another Kona, because this bike shop was a Kona the retailer with a front suspension. I believe it was a Rock Shocks, one of the first ones. Yes. But I'm not 100% sure, but I yes. think so. So I started using it as a, you know, something to uplift my spirits. Go in the woods. We live close to the woods, and you, you can probably re relate to that emotion as a cyclist to just having the non competitive spirit inside and just go for it and there's certainly no strings attached to anything you're just living in a moment on that bike in the woods breathing that perfect air in a very adventurous environment on all those trails and that's what i did it's very cool that you mentioned kona because i was always dreaming uh, when i started cycling i wanted to have a kona bike and I couldn't afford it. A Kona explosive, I, I remember. Yeah. Um, and and that was just one bike in one of the bike shops I was working, um, or I was I was going to to look at, and I oh, I wanted this bike, and I yeah didn't didn't make it, and, and never got one. And uh, that was really cool. Yeah, one of the uh, early early bikes to to yes, I think that they were they were one of the early adopters of mountain biking, not like Gary Fisher, of course, but um, yeah. That was accessible to me and that sort of without putting a lot of thought in it enabled me to uh, continue and do uh, more let's say sports or activities that i wouldn't 
if you would have asked me back then, I mean, I was a child, I wouldn't have considered that as a sport mm -hmm. because the feeling resembled more of a lifestyle. Yes. Because it was not competitive. You rode in the woods on yes. the trails, and obviously that that state wouldn't coincide would totally coincide with the with the competition because it, I was long and I was just free riding, floating almost over those routes, through those narrow trails, getting stung by nestles because I was riding in shorts. And but that that was it, you know, it's just getting out, maybe even forgetting the helmet because I was so excited. Those were the days that enabled me to chase that feeling mm -hmm. in retrospect. So I started skateboarding. Yeah. And I used to bike all the time as, a, you know, just surfing through the woods. Then I skated on the concrete, became more ambitious on the skateboard. Had um, people say I was talented and I was enthusiastic but I didn't really have the determination to you know to pursue a, a real career as a professional skateboarder I blame the determination in that sense so I stopped at when I was 21 I had a couple of sponsors who supported me I made a couple of videos I traveled to a couple countries big cities small cities rural towns met people so it was a great experience for sure because you know from a psychology psychological point and sociological point of view you you all the different count uh, cultures even if it was spain when you were 16 <clears throat> or first time to the u.s and i had to ask uh, some older guys at the 7-eleven to buy me a beer when i was you know obviously not 21 so all those things the the relationships the sleeping on floors um, not knowing um, when uh, we're leaving to the next spot it, it but not really caring about it so that sort of helped me to to build my character right but anyway that was always non-competitive still the skateboarding it was more of a video skater and a street skater i was not the guy who was be, who would be found in the skate park practicing a trick for hours you know so that's my true nature is is more of a free riding personality like i would almost compare like a surfer right mm -hmm. and i was always fascinated by big waves their uniqueness no wave is the same and they're pretty unpredictable, but we sort of learn to navigate our waves, our ways through waves, on waves, however you want to call it. So that's that's something I was always inspired to. But as you know, I mean, you're from Germany. You have the North Sea. That's probably the closest thing. Yes. I don't know. And I'm far I'm away from it. I'm from. completely on the other side. Okay. You see, so you're not you, like myself. We're both in a way landlocked. Yes. We don't. We don't have access to. A Pacific Ocean or an ocean or a sea, however, whatever, wherever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But um, so we can be inspired by something, but maybe make something get the same feeling out of something different. And cycling, when I was, I think, 21, 22, I picked up a track bike. I saw that bike, you know. Yes. The but track bike simple. meaning the, the fixie. six gear bike. Yes. yes. I saw that bike and it. And it resembled, in a way, a skateboard, uh, a surfboard, because it was so minimal, mm -hmm. right? And it has an, a certain aspect of, you know, some would say danger. Well, some, right? I wouldn't call it danger because obviously, I, if I would be able, if I control it, it has consequences, but it's not a danger I, because I know how to handle it. Well, at least I think so. And um, this track bike became an enabler of all those spirits I wanted to summon in myself. Like the big waves became the big mountains. Mm -hmm. The fast descents became the sort of floating vibe where time stops. The climbing became sometimes like being drowned. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, you know the feeling yes. when you you get your head <laughs> yeah. underwater and your ears pop, 
because you reach a different altitude level. So I don't know, it's, it became amazing because if you think about it, how much you can travel, how many kilometers or miles you can leave behind and discover things in, in fast or slow motion, however you want to do it, you will spot different things. Your vision becomes way more expanded. Your senses become more refined. And all those things happen subconsciously. And I had to sort of think about actually, you know, in, a, in an analytical, what's actually happening because I like it and I hate it at the same time. And, um, you know, now we have all the watts for the last 10 years. I've been using watts and, and uh, how much is this a distraction from the actual feeling? Um, so you use a power meter? I always use a power meter the yes. last 10 years. And that's also a problematic thing. I also, that sort of, be, that became sort of a demon as well. Yeah. Because then you have a competition in a way, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I see many, you know, like, Speaking of power, I mean, I use it a lot and I curse and bless it at the same time, as many probably do. And I was thinking of the younger generation in competitive cycling, they've been growing up with power meters, right? They sort of know, okay, let's figure out the threshold and all of that. Let's write, let's sort of expand the threshold. And they, they have better numerics to work with, right? So they can progress better. And I believe the level will grow and grow and grow and it, it becomes more and more robotic. And the actual feeling of riding is gone because let's say if you go out and say, oh, I'm gonna do four hours. That's already, you put yourself in a, in a narrow, on a narrow path because you determine, okay, I wanna do four hours. You're not gonna say, I'm gonna ride this loop. At least I, I always say, okay, I go four hours. I'm not going to do 100K, you know? Mm -hmm. I go with time. But people, they go like, okay, I'm going to do three times 20 minutes at this wattage. And the rest, I don't even care. I just pedal softly. So it becomes, to even non-pros, a more of a training tool, even if they don't have to. Because everybody... Cycling is so accessible and everybody thinks he can be the next Cancellara. I know bike fitters who, who come to their store and say, I want to be a sprinter. And the, the guy says, well, yeah, that's good for you. But you're like 60 kilos or 55 kilos. Yeah, but you, I need this and this equipment. I need the, the new blah, 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 with those wheels and all of that, because I want to be a sprinter, you know, just because they watch the, you know, the sprint stage at the Tour de France. And things become more and more, that's the bottom line, things become more and more numeric, predictable. And that's the sad thing, that's the thing I never wanted to pursue. But then the right. Yeah, excuse me. The fixie is like that, yeah. Okay. That you that you write, you take it all away, you take the gear choices away, you have only one gear and you still have a power meter on my track bike. Yeah. So there's a contradiction which I which might be weird because you know I strive for that freedom spirit, but I still ride with the power meter. And that's something, yeah. Well, that's just the case. I like it. I like to see what I push, and it's good to see my progress. You know, if you get so stronger. when I climb, I'm happy to, I want to climb effortless. I want to ride effortless. And it's, for me, it's good to have a number behind the effort or the effortlessness. Yeah. But yeah, might, might go against people's um, spirits. Oh, he's using a power meter or whatever, but I like it. Yeah. But Are you, you using a power meter? I'm using a power meter, but you see, sometimes it's good. Sometimes I, I had a few rides when the when my my design computer died and I, I didn't have anything and I couldn't see anything. And you just go out and enjoy the ride without being being controlled, because obviously uh, we all use Strava and we all kind of uh, recording all the data and all the rides. But sometimes it is is a bit, as you said, it's a bit of a curse that you that you control and you want to beat your time from last time and so on. And sometimes just nice to go out like we we grew up going on a mountain bike and, and you couldn't really uh, measure all the data. You didn't have a power meter and all these things. I think it's it's good. But if you want to train, obviously, it's nice to have a 
to have some measurable data. Absolutely. But I, the idea of having no gears and no choices and, and removing almost that option of changing gears and stuff, I think that's a that's a cool idea because obviously that that kind of brings it down to a very pure uh, experience. Yeah, it's uh, I, I agree. It, it's so, like I said many times, I think it's almost like running in a way because you have no other choice than speeding up with your physical energy. Yes. Right? Or And the cadence, you determine the cadence not based on gear ranges or, you know, or, or like gears. So it's, it's always up 30 cadence to 50 uphill and 110 plus downhill. And on the flat, well, depends on the wind and how you feel. But it's always... It's in one of those ranges, and I like it because obviously you don't really cha challenge your psychological side with oh, maybe I have an extra the Rettungsring as we call it, the yeah. emergency ring, the last one, the big one, when it's getting when you really don't have any energy left. Uh, in your and you need the smallest gear and you saved it up. We all did that probably on the road bike, but you don't have those aspects, so you don't even put that in co into consideration. And I think that's that's a good thing because sometimes we, if we have too much at our disposal, yes. we can blame more, and we we want to have you know we access everything and sort of lose track, right? I say sometimes to my team that obviously sometimes for me, some choices are removed, uh, even going to work. Um, there's no choice of for me giving up or, or passing something on. It's just me. I'm the last person in line. And then I think life sometimes becomes a bit easier when you remove certain choices and you, you're just going for it and you, you don't allow yourself uh, another option. And obviously, in, in your case, you have only one gear. That's the gear you have. And that's the gear you need to use. And that's it. Absolutely. How many employees do you have, if I may ask? 75. 75? Yes. That's amazing. I mean, congrats on you. And you have a bike shop in Dubai? Yes. Or several bike shops? Uh, Dubai, and we're opening a shop in Abu Dhabi soon. And we have already an outlet in Abu Dhabi. And we're, we're trying to grow the, the, the passion for cycling and obviously cycling overall in the whole GCC region, which we've done now since almost 20 years. It's amazing. I always thought em to have employees is, is, is also a blessing and a curse. And I think I'm sure, I'm sure you don't want to talk about this, but yes, it's like having too many gears sometimes, I guess. I'm <laughs> yeah, anyway, they say, you know, exponentially, I mean, if you have more than employees, incompetence grows, so you're fine yet. Yeah, yeah, we're fine. We're still okay. Now, we're it's a good good team, you know, and I think that's what, what unites us is that passion for cycling. And that's obviously very nice to see. And, and um, I think for us as well, the progress, seeing that we grow something in the region and growing the sport we, we all love so much and seeing how we get every day. I think we uh, almost, I would say, infect somebody with the, with the cycling uh, bug and, and people get into the sport. And it's nice to see the stories and, and yeah. bring cycling to a place in the world um, where, where it hasn't been as common uh, 20 years ago when we came, it was not such a big sport. And now, now it has really become a big uh, community and, and it's really fantastic to see. That's amazing. So when did you start uh, the store? 2002, I came. So I had a shop in Germany, Freiburg, so close yeah, to Basel. Yeah. And there we had a company since, since I was young, since I was 16, 17, I opened a business next to my regular work and it grew and grew. And then uh, 2002, I came with my wife and daughter. Uh, my brother lived already here, so we came here and opened the store. Uh, You're a doer, I can tell. I mean, you're doing podcasts. You, you, you're having someone making an edit for the podcast. I like that. I appreciate doers in, in life. I mean, I, 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 I despise people who don't walk their talks and, and always the blah, blah, blah. So I'm glad to meet people who actually create, you know. Thank you. You're responsible for 75 people. It's crazy. Yes. In yes. a way. And I'm, uh, you can be proud of yourself. Yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of Dubai, I was playing with the thought many times to film something there. But obviously, 
it ha didn't happen yet. Otherwise, you would know, I guess. And uh, but I have a couple friends there. Like for example, Kai um, Kai McKeever Willis. He's a uh, one of the best free runners parkour guys. He's sponsored by X Dubai. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, he's one of the most renowned and I don't know most skilled race drone pilots and he has a company called um, what's the name base films yes and he just wrote me like two months ago oh i'm now in dubai i live in dubai with my girlfriend yes and we have this company well i'll film you we already did the morocco project we did a yes. couple other things for us and he's a cool guy he's very agile he's uh, not complaining he's just doing stuff and he's very good at it um so I was thinking about doing like a, a clip in Dubai as soon as I can right now with the pandemic and I'm stuck in the US because of immigrations waiting for my green card. So there's plenty of things that sort of, you know, put a couple stones into this path leading to do something in Dubai. But I was thinking, you know, that there's this, those beautiful straight roads. Yes. And there's the dunes yes. or dunes, whatever. I mean, at least sand on both sides and the wind sort of blows the sand on the roads right i'm sure yeah. you've seen that many times and experienced it yes and yeah absolutely and it's it's a stunning environment we're, we're very lucky and fortunate that uh, the royal family and his highness had built these amazing cycle tracks in the desert and, and you wouldn't believe how many people are using them uh, every every day every day of the week and on the weekend these things are packed and, and there's hundreds and thousands of cyclists uh, and it's pancake flat Ah, uh, yeah, more or less. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, but you, you would you would consider that's absolutely flat because there's a few sand dunes, but we have some climbs. So I send you some videos later. Uh, about yeah, please. Because, because I was thinking like doing climbs. a speed, like an inofficial speed record. Yes. On the track bike, which would be fun to me. You know, getting some high cadence uh, behind a cool car that can yes. dra drag me. I don't like the institutional one. We wanted to do one with Rebel in the Salt Desert yes. of Utah, going like. 300k plus and i was down for it but you know things happen and we couldn't do it um but i'll be definitely down to do something um in dubai because they have you have the settings you have the infrastructure and you the road condition is probably really good right no perfect perfect roads and we have some fancy cars so i think we can get a good combination now we have yeah I will, I will contact you maybe after that podcast and we can talk about it no, Sorry no. to talk about life, but you know, that's we have a genuine conversation here. So, <laughs> good. But yeah, I want to do something like maybe you guys even have helicopters. I mean, let's fancy it out. Yes, very cool. Nice. Very cool. But no yeah, you heard it here first that we're going to do something in Dubai. I like that idea. Yes, <laughs> yes, let's do this. All right. What yeah. are other places you have ridden the world? What is the most memorable climb and event you have you have done? Well, I think my favorite place I've been was Pantelleria. I, I told my wife just recently, well, I told her many times that I keep thinking about this place. Pantelleria is the most Southern European part, if you want. So it's below Sicily even. And you can yes. look onwards to um, Tunisia and you would see Tunisia on, an, on a clear day. It's probably 60 kilometers um, air distance. It's beautiful and it has the influences of Italy and even Northern Africa, Tunisia, etc. Uh, the food is great. The island is enormously small. It has um, a huge amount of culture, um, especially wine and also other traditions in terms of um, folkloric traditions. And the, the sea is so blue it's almost black and it has this chromey finish and it's beautiful. It's a bit dusty. Some might not like it as much, but because it's close to, you know, Northern Africa and there's a lot of wind. Uh, the island is called in, in, I think, metaphorically, the daughter of the wind. There's only one- I a video about this, isn't it? You made a video about this. Exactly. You made a video exactly. about this? Yes. Yes, I we saw that. And there's only a ring road and a, and a couple of lateral roads that sort of connect um, east and west. 
and there's one around, right? And a couple of nice dirt roads, there's a high peak, you can access like a dead end. So this is something I keep thinking about. It was so magical and it took me a while to process what actually happened there. It's unreal, that place. The light is perfect, the, the temperature is nice, uh, people are friendly. Um, totally far away from the prejudice where you would say, you know, the island people, they're kind of, you know, introvert and whatsoever. They're definitely not. And uh, I had a great time. So Pantelleria was definitely one of my favorite experiences ever on and off the bike. But, you know, Morocco, um, Santa Fe here, absolutely amazing. Unreal, the culture, um, the, the history of the place. Beautiful riding, great roads, not too many cars. Elevation up to, I went to 3,350 the other day. Mm -hmm. We are here on 2,100. Um, gravel, mountain bike, road, trail running, uh, road running, whatever you want, you got it here. So there's so many beautiful places and so many others I would like to go to, like Dubai, which is totally different, mm -hmm. obviously, more it's rather new there's um better facilities in terms of it's it, cycling became more facilitated um like you said the roads are new it's a total different different uh, spirit but that's something i look forward to i mean there's the world has so many places to offer right very nice how is it to ride with fabian uh is he is he riding a fixie as well when you go together or his gears and, and <laughs> train with him with the, the geared bike no he, he he does not he 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 remains uh on the road bike uh but i he did this what is it called in northern germany i don't know if it was in berlin or in hamburg there's a race on a car track by some German guys called like Rod or Rad Race, however you want to call it. Rad am Ring? It's on a Rad Race. Like some young, young guys who came up with those races. I don't know, I'm not too familiar with it, but it's, it's on a car track. Yes. Right? And he rode his first track bike outside of the velodrome. He did a couple of velodrome uh, rides before, obviously. But he told me, I remember him calling me the day after where he said, oh my God, my hip flexors, my quads, everything hurts from trying to break in the corners because, you know, you, you, you use counter force in order to stop. You don't have brakes. And if you want to stop, you need to sort of push up and pull down, right? To yes. make the real, real stop because it's a, it's a fixed gear mechanism. Everything spins simultaneously. Pedals, wheels, and the hop, and the, 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 the cock, the, the rear chain, uh, the rear, uh, what is it called? Yeah, the cock. Free wheel chain. Yeah. 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 So Do you rely right a lot on your chain? You know, if the chain is a super important part for you, because obviously it's so it important. It's also the tires. I mean, I'm yes. so glad I'm with Continental Tires for the last ten years. Yes. German, your German fellow brand, right? So yes. they have the Gator Skin Hard Shell, which is a huge help with the extra layers of rubber and Kevlar linings, etc. But if this, if the tire is through and i remember descending the grims last years ago probably going up to 70k um what is that less than 50 miles an hour and then boom you know yes the tire exploded and the back re the rear wheel was wobbling going left and right almost losing traction that was a scary moment in a way which i you know survived without any anything bad happening so and if the chain, you know, breaks. That's it. Well, yeah, well, there's, well, you can, you can probably break. I had to actually once in burn on a short downhill. It, it just, the chain fell off the chain ring. Yes. It's the same feeling of, oh my God, what am I going to do? And those, you know, hoping for the great impulses is always the case you know where you don't think but react in a great manner to save your own self from crashing so what i did i, ju I just put my 
my foot and I was on the rear wheel standing almost yeah. on a tire to, between the rear stay, you know. Oh, you push it in between. And I push it in standing on top and, you know, my, my, my foot, uh, my shoe had a, uh, was almost burning, you know. How many tires you go through? How often you change your rear tire? Because obviously you, you, you're skidding once you stop the rear wheel. It's exactly, it's, it, exactly. The, the, the rear wheel stops and slides or skids, yeah. however you want to call it. So it depends on several things. It depends on how, mu how much altitude do I cover, meaning yeah. especially going down, you know, how much altitude descent do I have during the ride? What's the surface? How steep is it? How technical is it? it all, that sort of determines how much, how many times you break, right? Mm -hmm. if, 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 if you constantly ride on a straight road or at downhills that always have those sections where it goes up again, where you know, okay, I can let it go a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't break that much. So obviously you use less skidding you don't skid that much but so i think what people maybe don't appreciate you have to pedal all the time because obviously when we are descending yeah. we just put our feet absolutely you pedal and then the you're time. you're connected completely you so you're really one with the bike and there's no disconnect with the freewheel where we can stop exactly. you just keep, keep going so what's the cadence range you go up a climb i imagine you go 40 50 cadence and downhill 120 130 or what's the what's the highest uh, recording you have for for cadences uh, when you go right and how do you choose the gear ratio well well yeah that's it's all based on experiments from the mm -hmm. past you know that's basically the summary is now 47 17 is a good all-round gear mm -hmm. but i you know i'm i'm not old yet but i'm getting older and i think like oh come on you know i'm i like 47 18 a lot now and also, but I also like 50, I have, I think here in Santa Fe, I have a 52, 13 even. If I want to go really fast downhill and I'm, do, I'm doing some strength efforts on the way back because there's those 2% for like maybe 10K, 2%. Yeah. And with a lot of headwinds and there's a lot of wind, there's like, 40 50k winds here it's like going up at 12 percent hill so it's it, it always let's say the route dictates the gear ratio but on 1910 you were mentioning that before the tour de france stage from 1910 yes. which covered 320 and actually 6,000 something odd kilometers that made me choose 47 17 because i the last 140 or 50k were sort of rolling yeah and the more tired you get the you know obviously you your ability to spin more yeah, diminishing yeah but you know if you're locked into it and you, your hips and legs they just have to right <laughs> so did you develop other muscles obviously you were cycling before um regular and you could freewheel but later on with stopping so your hip flexors and anything is yeah, this my, something you, my you feel like flexors are really strong i remember with i did those trainings um at the gym at my friend's gym uh, unique and burn i did pull-ups 10 yeah. very slow and i had eight kilo left and right in on my toes kettlebells okay so I did the pull-up, I have videos of that. Pull up and then raise my legs with the bare foot having the kettlebells hooked into my toes. You know, but obviously you cannot do, there's a thin line between getting muscles too tight and, yes. and, and, and lacking of function because of that, right? And strength. So mobility, strength, you, you want to keep it in, in perfect harmony and, and that's something i strive for but i failed many times because my right hip flexor is very tight and i kept pushing up with this one because it's my neurologically stronger side and my body wants to you know push up pull up and push down on the left so obviously my right hip flexor is way more tight from pulling up imagine going from sometimes more than 200 rpm 
to zero, like this. Your body is... Um, you, you go up to 200 RPM. I had my max was 251, but hold on, my dog. Sorry, the dog was barking. He, he couldn't go out. This is Anyways, unbelievable. Yeah, 251. But this is unreal. This is like, it's well, like a they... movie on, on uh, triple four times the speed. Yeah, yeah. I can <laughs> still, I think, so I, I did a lot of um, practice in, in the morning, like fasted for a couple of years. I did that out two times a week, out of bed, coffee, rollers. I love rollers. I don't like turbo trainers. I'm a big believer in high quality rollers yeah. for a pedal stroke. And that's why I, my aim was to get 100% efficiency if it's even possible uh, on, on, on a bike. So I would go on the rollers and say 45 minutes, not lower than 120. Yeah, which is still super fast, yeah? It's, I think it's fast, especially yeah. when you, if you look, the power was always 240. Yeah. Average, 239 something. <laughs> so there's always a certain amount of, there's cardiovascular, this cardiovascular system needs to work a lot. And also the coordination, the, the timing of the pedal stroke, there's so many things neurologically, yes. you know, that, that, that sort of puts a lot of fatigue on you, you yes. know, neurologically, the coordination of Absolutely. the stroke. Yes. Relax, act like engage, quad, um, hamstrings, uh, glutes, etc. kicking in, this one relaxes. It's, it's, it's a lot of fucking things, sorry for uh, the body to happen and yes. neurologically probably the biggest challenge. So I did that a lot and I worked on the position. I, I was always thinking hmm, maybe if I can use my glutes more, mm -hmm. I would have more power obviously, but do I have the coordinative ability to push or spin a cadence that high and still remain controlled? Yes. So there's all those aspects that go behind that that people don't know, which I don't care about, but I'm glad to talk about it here with you because it's, it's a lot of also analysis, you know, yeah. behind the whole aspect. And it looks like, oh, look, the tattooed guy, he's like probably smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol, which is not even the case. Um, he's just going out there and doing, no, there's, there's more behind it. There's a science, there's experiments, there's a methodology behind it, which I also appreciate, you know? So rollers, cadence, power, strength, and all of that, that's very important to me. And that makes a thing, uh, a pedal stroke effortless, right? Yeah, it looks really nice when you sit on the bike. Your upper body is very, very still. And I saw you as well doing some speed training behind the, behind the car, like a motor yeah. pacing. And, and your legs are super fast. And, and obviously you can't really bounce around because at that high cadence, you would just fall off the bike. And, and how long did it take for you to develop this? And how long are you riding now, Fixie? Six, seven years or, or more? No, no, no. I ride, I think, 2006. Okay, wow. Yeah. Fixed gear. I did my first mountain in 2008, a local one called Gurnigal New Bern, which is a, it's a 10, no, it's, I think it's 9K, a percent but it has some you know those ramps the straight mm -hmm. like 11 percenters and you see oh my god yeah those there it has a it features a couple of those and i i think that was sort of the epiphany and the revelation at the same time that made me continue or maybe even there um tackling the alps and bigger mountains so uh, that was in 2008 that's 13 years ago Oh, to put it in perspective. What so now is I'm riding every day a track bike. Obviously, I ride probably 90% a road bike because it's it's so hard neurologically and physiologically. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be battered and bruised when I'm in my mid-40s, right? So choosing my battles wisely. What's on the bucket list? What, what other projects we can expect from you? Anything you have planned? Any country you want to visit besides Dubai? Obviously, we know that. But, but is there anything yes. you said, listen, this is really something I have on my list to do? 
The Mauna Kea, highest uh, road from sea level to mountain top in, in, uh, on the big island in Hawaii. Okay. It's something I actually wanted to do a couple times. We even planned it with Rebel. I was ready, but then we couldn't film because of the, I think there's a collision, a political um, dispute between the native Hawaiian mm -hmm. and the US government. And there's a disagreement. And for that reason, we couldn't film anything. But that that's certainly top. Then there's um, the Himalayas, the Mount Everest base camp and all of that, which I would like to ride to as well. Obviously, Dubai, maybe do a speed record there, a nice, let's see how fast we can go, you know, bring on the big ring. Very cool. Very cool. I have a guy who can manufacture a big one. He already knows. I'm not going to talk about the teeth, but you can probably put the pits on it. And um, yeah, that's something I like. I want to have it perfectly filmed and execute it perfectly you know it should you know small little thing that um makes sense to me and i want to do that you know hopefully i mean if we can do that this year i'll be amazing i doubt it but let's see i'm not giving up hope yet um there's plenty of i want to go to the Azores. yeah of the it's in the atlantic it's sort of the the more um less explored Grand Canaria or whatever you want to call it it's way more green and it's it's totally different but there's some great routes there I'd like to go to La Réunion yes nice okay have you been there no but Mauritius and then but I know this is one of the neighbor islands and exactly. Mauritius all nice in the ocean a lot of sharks so I have to be careful in the water but uh great riding apparently I checked on Google Earth, which is one of my hobbies, you know, to check Google Earth and see, look at roads. Iran, Iran is amazing. Okay. Beautiful, not the easiest to travel to. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so many places. Also Asia, there's uh, great things in, in China. In Taiwan, there's I, a long climb. Iowa, yes. 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 Yes, they invited right. DT Swiss actually invited me to do so, but I, yes. I pulled out because uh, I couldn't. Uh, but that's something for sure. There's so many on the. I still feel very young. I feel like maybe in my mid twenties, to be honest. And I see a lot of potential for the future. And, and um, yeah, I, I'll do many other projects for sure but i think um dubai is certainly one i've been thinking about a lot and it seemed to me quite an easy one to to execute right there's a good infrastructure i mean obviously you have uh, a good relationship with the government i guess and all of yes. that absolutely so, and i know red bull can pull some strings i'm still under contract with them we have a 10-year partnership now which is amazing yes do you carry BMC? No. No? But there is a BMC dealer, so we, we can, uh, no, no, but for sure we will support no, I'm just curious. I mean. And, and um, we're working with Scott, we're working with the, um, the other big uh, Swiss, other Swiss and company. we're working yeah. with Scott since many Maybe years. And we started early, I think BMC wasn't really on the market when we started with Scott, because it's 2002 and earlier. Earlier. Yeah. Um, when we came, BMC was not on. Oh, that. Scott is great too. I mean, I'm not too familiar with their bikes, but I think the Addict is the one people really love. Yes, yes. It's, called, it's that sort of like RT machine, right? Yes, you can do anything with it. Yeah, it's just all around. Yeah, yeah. All around yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, today I don't think there's bad bikes. Bad bikes out there anymore. Yes, no. But I have a question to you, Wolf. Um, how do you deal with the supply chains now? after or during COVID, you know? Do you get Shimano group sets and all of that? It, it's challenging, but we have a very good guy, a, a German fellow a, a countryman, Robert, and he's a magician and he knows everyone. We have a, we have a good reputation in the industry. So people um, keep us on their, on their um, good list. And we really, we ordered early, we saw it coming. 
we saw the situation. But yes, it's it's a challenging situation. Yeah, it's obviously nice that everyone wants to get into cycling, and all around the world, people are trying to avoid public transport, and and overall, there's a super high demand. But we still have bikes, and we're still uh, doing quite quite well for that that situation. We're coming now into the summer, which is normally a bit slowing down, where Europe picks up a bit more. But uh, I think we're still doing. We're doing quite good, but for Dubai, um, the traveling is actually quite quite comfortable now. So uh, the airports are open. People come here for vacations. So we're planning something for the end of the year. Uh, we have an anniversary coming up for the university or oh. 50 years of of UAE, which is always a big celebration. So maybe that's something. Um, Considered. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's always a big big thing. End of the year, and this year is the 50th anniversary for the UAE. 50 years. Yes. Amazing. Yes. But that's crazy. Um, so you don't need a vaccine to enter, or do you need it? No, but, but I'm not sure exactly. But we have been here vaccinated. The vaccination levels in the UAE are extremely high. So all of our you, you are vaccinated. Are, yes, already. yes, we're all vaccinated. The whole team. Did you have any side effects? No, no, I, I didn't. No, no, it was it was really good. I had it for a few days. I I, I felt like a little bit, but no, nothing, nothing serious. No, it's good. Okay, because I was playing with the thought to get vaccinated. Obviously, now in Texas, where my or my wife's and my main base is, and Santa Fe, they're both both states are quite fast with the rollout okay. of the vaccine. But I haven't yet, you know, really decided what I'm gonna do because I'm still a bit cautious with the side mm -hmm. effect. That's why I'm actually asking this question yes. without sounding naive because it's we don't know too much and i'm yes. always curious yes. about the experience yes. and so all of your employees are vaccinated yes we, we went with mostly with sanofarm which is kind of the normal way to make a vaccine so you get a small dose of uh, of the of the virus and and your body creates antibodies and uh, yeah. so that that is as much as i understood but no it was really good and and all of us okay. and my family my wife or daughter Everyone got the vaccine, and everybody. And all your employees are also healthy. Yes. They're not, yes. not luckily. Yes. That's so this is really really nice. So the the government in the UE has done a tremendous job again, and and really uh, doing doing this and make it make it available for for everyone. So that was really good. So yeah, I think about it. Maybe I'll get the vaccination next week uh, or in two weeks. We'll see. It's, cer it's certainly easy to get an appointment, but I need to make the decision. My wife and I are the only ones in the whole family who haven't been vaccinated yet. So okay. we get those, I don't know, maybe I amplify, but, you know, people are sort of like, hmm, maybe you should, you know, and the outside world, there's so many people who are vaccinated now. And, you know, I don't want to crack under this pressure. Yes. Obviously. But I think it's, it's a good, I would personally say it's a good thing to do. Uh, because yeah. you, you, you mitigate maybe the, the effects when you really get sick. Uh, and and um, I think that's that's something quite important. Yeah, I think it's just the uncertainty that sort of you know blurs my vision, and I don't know. We'll see. I'll think about it. But I'm thankful for also your experience. I always ask people because yes. it's very relevant, and it's yeah, it kind of de determines how I want to approach my own reality. So, yeah. Did you take anything away from COVID and from the whole situation? Anything you feel like you want to keep on doing or anything you're in? I think there's always something positive in anything. Uh, Absolutely. So what, what is it what you feel you, you want to continue and you started and, and you want to continue in, uh, after COVID now? Well, I, I've always been a bit distant when it came. You know, I'm not a big hugger and kisser when I see someone. I mean, I like the... I like seeing people. I'm very excited. The excitement can be diff shown differently. I don't need to kiss everybody. Yes. So I, that sort of nothing has been taken away because of COVID. So I've been always, you know, remaining the person I am. Masks. I, I when I was in Japan years ago, I was wearing a mask too. And I sort of knew you know, it's good to protect you, especially in subways, um, yes. yourself and others, if you have a whatever flu. I'm not interested in getting a cold and flu. I'm definitely not interested and excited about getting someone else's bacteria or viruses. And that's something I will pursue. I like hygiene. 
I'm not, I don't know if I w- you will call me a germaphobe, but I, I like clean things. I don't like dirt and people say, oh, you need to be in the dirt to sort of boost your immune system. No, I eat well, I, I, I train. That's how I boost my um, immune system. I don't need to eat your dirt or whatever. Do You can do that, I don't. So yeah, I like, I like masks in public spaces, to be honest. I got used to it and I don't know, I feel safer. Maybe it's a placebo, a psychological thing. If others don't, that's okay. And that's the beauty of life to each their own, right? But COVID taught me to be a bit more aware and spend good times with the close ones, obviously, and be happy in a more isolated um, manner of life. So, yeah. Very cool. With all the journeys you have done and obviously with all the cycling and all the sports, is there any piece of advice, anything you live by, um, anything you could give to our, to our listeners and, and what, what people are watching? They say, listen, this is something you really, this, this, uh, is, is, this is the Patrick Seabase, what do you live by? Hmm. I think it, it's intuition, keep your intuition and also don't lose intuition just because of knowledge, the older we go, the more knowledge we have and the less intuition, right? Because we strive for the rational always. I mean, because we read more and now with the internet and YouTube and Google, etc., you have information at your disposal in a split second. You can know about whatever quantum physics, whatever. And you don't even need to pay for it. All you need is an internet access. So that leads to sort of a, uh paralyzes you know it can paralyze you because of the analytics you put in you know and i always believe it's challenging but keep intuition go with your gut and um yeah hope for the best yeah very good i like that especially you're getting older yeah you you said you're 38 i'm, I'm 50 now i think it oh my god you look and, huh? and i don't want to you know blow sugar around here but you look much younger thank you do you have a makeup guy in the back yes yes, yes yes i'm well looked after for my wife and my daughter they, they you look don't only have this real guy who's editing your videos yeah you <laughs> yes. jane doe or john doe who does the makeup and plastic surgery you look you look really young yeah Holy thank mom. you thank you very much is it the cycling or a great family everything i think it's a combination yeah. of everything and, and living okay. a healthy healthy and happy life and i think cycling for sure I yeah. always say I wouldn't have survived to buy without cycling in, in, in many sense, because obviously it's my work, but at the same time, I think to, uh, to relax, to, to keep in shape, to get, get steam off of your, of your chest, out of your system. I think there's many good yeah. things. I think the world is a better place. And the more people cycling, uh, the world. Absolutely. And goals, you know, aiming, having a perspective yes. goals and keep on working on something that keeps you busy you need to you need to have the, the intellectual stimulation and the, yes. you know you need love harmony and all of those things and also the physical stimulation like riding a bike or whatsoever you do all those things combined can you know shoot your endorphins up to the sky and make you happy yes. happiness yes. is the key to lead a juvenile life Yes, that's so nice that we bring this sport now over almost 20 years to Dubai and we have, we have every day really a story where we have somebody coming back to the store and said, hey, listen, you really changed my life and it's so nice. I, I discovered cycling and I have the cycling group now and, and it, it really changed my life and that's cool that we can, we can bring this to people uh, in an area of the world maybe where people didn't think in the first place to, yeah, to go for a bicycle shop and it was a bit of a strange idea when we came but yeah. now it has been really has been a success story so you're a pioneer in that sense and i appreciate that yeah thank you i have one last question if there would be a person you could spend a day with uh, dead or alive is there one person you would like to spend a day with probably carl gustav jung or friedrich nietzsche okay okay what is special about these people what what do you um... well you know back in the day the worldview was more closed in and more narrow there were less you know your perspective wasn't as broad as it is now and so they had a lot they had a lot of groundwork to do and a lot of thinking that built sort of a 
Yes. And they, they were pioneers in their own ways. So, you know, psychoanalysis, Carl Jung, and philosophy, or even I would even consider it as a certain part of sociology, behaviors and, and uh, of, of societies from Friedrich Nietzsche. It was very important. And I, I obviously I cannot agree with everything. Mm -hmm. Both of, of them um, published, but I would have been interested to see their worldview as it is now through their minds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because they were such pioneers and, and, and forethinkers back in those days, in the late 1800s somewhat, yes. or early 1900s. There was no Google and nothing, you know, all they had is their thoughts and their visions and their own explorations. And I wonder what they would have come up with if yeah, they would see their, the world now having their great minds. So yeah, that will, those two will probably be the ones, yeah. Very cool, yeah, I, I say this sometimes as well to my teams, that listen, how amazing, because we're doing some uh, mathematical formulas in, in our bike fitting, uh, which have been done two and a half thousand years ago, uh, Pythagoras and stuff, how, and yeah. I said, how could they have figured out they didn't even have light, yeah? So how could they have exactly. figured out these, these formulas and then you yeah. say people who are philosophers and everything, I think that that's really cool and I think I'm, I'm just blown away how, how could somebody figure this out? Uh, yeah, it's so substantial and it's been invented way. I mean, the light bulb as a, you know, uh, it, what an innovation it was back then. And it's still, <laughs> we use it. They're doing well. So there's people who were at the forefront, the, the avant-gardists of, of whatever, of, of theses, or of products, of, of, of habits. And, that, that's groundbreaking. That was groundbreaking. It's still, uh, it, it gets a lot of appreciation from my side. Yeah. Very cool. Patrick, I don't want to stop you from going writing. And I, I actually Sorry. got only about 10% from my, my question list. I would share the list with you once you come to Dubai and then we work okay. through all the other topics because there were so many things I wanted to talk to you. But I, uh, uh, again, thank you so much for thank inspiring you. Oh. people with what you do. And where can thank people you. follow you best? Is it Vimeo, YouTube, Instagram? I think I'm very bad on social media, to be honest. People keep telling me you need to do more, you need to do more. And well, if I don't have anything to post, I don't post, but I think Instagram is the one thing that be where you be connected the closest to me or well, we're going to release more and more videos through on Vimeo. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Vimeo or Instagram. No, super. And if you haven't been, please check it out. It's really some amazing footage and really good, well, well photographed and videographed. Uh, you did some amazing work and I think keep inspiring people and Thank I'm, you. I'm really excited to, to see you in Dubai and, and um, would be great if we can we can do something together and there's yes. lots more to talk about uh, really appreciate taking the time and um, yeah stay safe you too have this a good one nice. thank you Patrick uh, thanks everyone for watching yes. thank you thank you bye thank you everyone see you soon